This is the Average to Savage podcast with Paul Garino. Everyone and anyone, athletes, celebs, and much more. What's up, everybody? I'm back for another episode of the Average Savage podcast. Our special guest today is UFC flyweight Jillian Robertson, who is currently 7-3. and three. Thanks for coming on. How's it going? Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. And uh, I know you were born in Canada, so how'd you get involved in mixed martial arts at the very beginning? Um, honestly, I have no idea. When I first started, I started with a cardio kickboxing class at, mm-hmm. in uh, Port Lucie, Florida at Dean Thomas's gym. And um, I don't really know what drove me to it. For some reason, when I was 16, I just wanted to try kickboxing. I, I just had it in my mind that that was a thing, so... Um, I went and I tried the kickboxing class at his gym, and obviously I just kind of found the right place because I'm still with that, the same coach to this day. Uh, Dean's still cornering me in the UFC. But, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know how I got into it. I just kind of fell into it. Yeah, what about, like, growing up, did you play any other sports? No, I'm actually – I always joke with my coach. I'm like, I'm the least athletic, most prof- uh, pro- the least athletic professional athlete that I know <laughs> because um, – I've never played a sport in my life, really. Like Growing up, I volunteered with animals a lot. So I volunteered at the Humane Society or at a horse rescue or at a wildlife rescue. And, um, yeah, I never – my parents put me in soccer. They put me in gymnastics, but I dropped out, like, in a couple months because I just didn't like it. I was never athletic. Gotcha, gotcha. That's, yeah, that's pretty funny. I know you said you – you told me before this interview that you only live in Canada until you were seven years old. But is there, like, anything that you miss about, like, living in Canada? I absolutely love it up there. Even though I only lived there until I was seven, it still feels like home to me. So, mm-hmm. it's like my grandparents are up there. And just going up and visiting, seeing the falls, it's just, I love everything about it. And you train at America Top Team in Florida. So, what's that been like? Because I know it's, like, one of the top gyms in America. Oh, it's an absolutely crazy experience being able to train at a place like American Top Team. We have literally all the best females in the world and uh, a huge group of 125-pound guys as well that are the, at, uh, fighting at the uh, highest level. Mm-hmm. We, it's like when I was growing up, like I said, I started at a small gym at Port St. Lucie, and um, that gym, like we didn't have all the training partners. We didn't have a group of like 10 to 15 girls or 125-pound guys. All we had was like heavyweight guys for me to work with. So it's like you end up uh, working with everybody in the room and Gotcha. And going going into your first like amateur fight, what what was that like? Um, I, there's no real way to describe that feeling. Walking into the cage for the first time, um, it's it's an absolutely insane rush, and I guess you don't really know what you're getting yourself into. It. Mm-hmm. Um, but like walking out of the cage, I just remember like the second I walked out, I was like, I want to do that again. I want to get back in there again, just as quick as possible. Like it was just so much fun. Walking out, there's just so much adrenaline. Every moment goes by so fast, but um, it's just—it's it, such a rush. It's so, I, there's nothing I love more than that. that. Yeah, yeah. So you went—you went eight and one as an amateur. So I mean, you went. I think you would you go on like a—I don't know. You're on a crazy win streak at the end. Was that like the decision? Like, what was the decision for you turning pro? Uh, I just listened to my coach when 
whenever he said I was ready, I was ready. Uh, I'm so thankful that I had so many amateur fights. I feel like having that experience has put me in a good place coming into a UFC. Like, I got signed when I was three and two, but obviously I had so much amateur experience. I feel like I was still at the level that, uh, of the girls that I was surrounded by. But, and obviously I've proven that since I've gotten to the UFC, gotten four finishes. <laughs> but um, it's just, uh, whenever my coach Gene Thomas said I was ready, I've always listened to him. I started uh, in Florida. You can't fight until you're 18 years old. So mm-hmm. I had my first amateur fight when I was 18. And then I believe I turned a, a pro just before my 21st birthday. Gotcha, gotcha. And and what do you think the, like, the biggest difference been from like amateurs to the pros? I know your first fight uh, was a loss. Was that like, how, did that take like pressure off you taking the first loss, like in a positive way? I guess you could spin it. Um. Yeah. No. Because honestly, it's like I, I obviously I had two losses when I got came into the UFC, but mm-hmm. my first loss was a close decision, and uh, it's like I. I knew that it was a really close fight. It could have went either way. Mm-hmm. My second loss, I took, it was against Cindy Cavea. I took the fight on five days' notice. So it's like I kind of had excuses for myself in those losses a little bit. So it was, I feel like my first real loss that hit me hard was whenever I got finished. Uh, well, first in the tough house, then in the, oh, but that one it still didn't go on my record. Yeah. And then w- whenever I got finished uh, for my one UFC loss. That was the hardest loss I've ever taken in my life. So it's like the first two, I was upset, but they, uh, it's like they were still close fights. They were yeah. still, or I took that fight on five days notice. So it's like I still had uh, justifiable reasons, but this, uh, when I took my first loss in the UFC, that's, that's the hardest loss I've ever taken. And uh, like, lit- I tried to get over it so much, but every single morning when I woke up, me tapping was the first thing I woke uh, of in the morning it, it, that should just haunt you you know yeah, yeah, yeah. and how, how'd you get casted for the ultimate fighter Gotcha. Besides, like, the actual, like, fighting, did they, like, interview you to see, like, if you had, like, a good personality and stuff like that, too? Oh, yeah, they do. Uh, like, literally, they, I feel like it's based more on personality than it is skills uh, yeah, yeah. with the ultimate fighter, almost. They yeah. do um, about, I think, like, two minutes pad work, and then they watch you grapple for two minutes. So they can really get, like, minimal skill level yeah. off of that. And uh, then after 
those two minutes, they make their first cuts, and then uh, you go to the interview rooms, and then they make more cuts after the interviews, and then uh, after that, they'll keep people there all week. So they're going to keep uh, just, like, the last cut, really, and then they're going to cut a little bit more after that, but it's based off of interviews the last two times. It's nothing to do with skill after that. All they do is watch you train for four minutes, and that's the skill they watch. Yeah, I mean, that's crazy, but, I mean, that's definitely seems like realistic just because obviously they want the show to be like drama filled and stuff like that to get people watching um and going back to like the ultimate fighter when you're on the finale like so that's like a ufc event was that like a different feeling when you were fighting for the ufc like your first ufc fight uh yes and no i feel like being on the ultimate fighter finale kind of took the pressure of like mm-hmm. the first ufc fight away from me whenever i uh, fought molly mccann in liverpool that almost felt like more like the real first ufc fight because uh, going into the finale is like you don't have your fight kit you're 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 still in the team show fight kit so you still don't have like your official fight kit with your name on it you mm-hmm. don't um i was fighting emily whitmire who i literally we shared the same bunk bed for six weeks so it's like you're fighting someone who's your friend, so it's almost like it, it brings like that kind of gym feeling to it, that kind of comfort, it makes it almost easier. Mm-hmm. So uh, I really didn't. I feel like the fact that my uh, UFC debut was with the Tough uh, House, I feel like it just took a lot of pressure off me. Gotcha. And then after that fight, was that when UFC signed you? Uh, yeah, technically, was, that was my first UFC fight. So I, I was signed before oh, that. Okay. Uh, I signed my six-fight contract before that fight. Gotcha, um, gotcha. But, uh, yeah, so after that, then I think I've been on too long of a leave schedule, so I've been fighting about every six months since then. But mm-hmm. um, thankfully, this one came sooner than that. Yeah, see, so you like to stay active. Oh, yeah, I like to be in there as often as possible. Like, this is all I do. This is all I spend my time doing. So the more I can get in there, the better. Yeah, do you think it's like, I mean, you were only basically one year into your pro career and you already signed with the UFC, like, did, do you think that was, like, surreal? Oh, it's still surreal to me. Yeah. Uh, it, it doesn't feel real that, like, this is literally my job. This is yeah. what I get to do for a living, that I get to go out there and fight and do exactly what I love. And, uh, yeah, every single time I go to fight, every single time I'm putting on that fight kit, it just feels 100% surreal to me. Can you take me through, like, what one of your camps is like and what it's like to cut weight? Uh, typically, uh, I'm training year-round, so I'll be yeah. training two or three times a day when I'm out of camp and then three to four times a day when I'm in camp. And uh, so it's just it's really a lot of drilling more than anything. I feel like I thrive technically, so I, I'm not necessarily, like, a, a very strong or explosive fighter, but I'm someone who... Uh, is going to out-technique people. So I just focus a lot on drilling technique, 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 getting in. Um, like Dean Thomas, he'll game plan for me. So we look at what we want to do for this next fight, and then I just drill it into my head, and I'll just do the same thing over and over and over. And it's boring and repetitive, but it wins me fights. <laughs> and what, what, keeps you, what keeps you motivated during, like, camp? Mm-hmm. Cause the second I get an opponent's name, then I have a focus. I have someone yeah. that every 
single night I'm thinking about. I have a goal that I want to hit. I have something that I'm driving towards. But when I'm uh, out of camp, that's when it's like it gets hard to stay focused. It gets hard to want to train two to three times a day because you don't have that next target yet. You don't have that next focus. So that's, I feel like, another reason why I like to stay active as possible. Definitely makes sense right there. And you got you got a fight coming up October 18th versus Macy Barber in Boston. Uh, how do you see that fight playing out? Uh, I feel like no matter what, I have the game, same game plan for every single one of my fights. I'm going in there, and uh, it's just a race to get to the back, see how fast I can get there. So I'm going to go in there, take her down, and uh, just I, I'm always hunting for the back, and if it, I get the TKO before that, then that's what happens. So like when you go, when you go into a fight, are you always thinking like you want to get the finish? Oh, 100 percent. I'm I get the pay, I get paid the same if I'm in there for yeah. five minutes or 15 minutes. So I'm trying to get in and out of there as quick as possible, take as little damage as possible, and try to get back in there. Definitely, definitely. And uh, going to like the pay gap between the men and the women in the UFC, I've been seeing a lot of things in boxing too, and going back and forth. So what, what would what's your take on it? as it is in other sports. I feel like in boxing, it is definitely, uh, in any other sport that you look at, it's definitely a lot more prominent. And I feel like they separate the men's and women's divisions a lot more. Where in the UFC, really, if you have that star power, you have the potential to make that money. You have, Mm -hmm. like, you see Ronda Rousey, she was getting paid more than a lot of the men. And it's just because she had that star power. And um, I feel like if you have that, you have the skill, you have the... Uh, the ability to talk in front of the camera, then you you have the ability to get paid. It's not like there's a UFC and a WUFC, like there's mm-hmm. the NBA and WNBA. It's just the UFC. Gotcha. Good, good points, good points. And uh, what, what advice would you give to like a young up, up-and-coming fighter? you got to stay active you just got to stay in there and keep it going keep on working and take every opportunity that comes to you uh, i feel like a lot of people like a lot of younger fighters will be sitting there saying oh i can't get a fight i can't find an opponent but uh they're turning down fights that are coming to them you just got to accept the opportunities that come to you definitely good advice and are you ready for some fun questions they're going to go from average to savage <laughs> yeah definitely <laughs> How, how'd you get the nickname the savage my coach Dean Thomas wrote an email about me to to my whole team and he was talking about how I'm as quiet as a mouse but when I walk into the cage I turn into a savage and then after that fight everybody was like oh you see that a savage and uh, I guess it just kind of caught on after that alright uh, what about what's your favorite song right now oh um, that's a tough one I don't really listen to music a lot honestly what no music. No. What about not even like before you train or work out? No, I feel like um, a lot of times. It, well, it's quiet when you fight, so yeah. I try to train quiet. Like, well, we usually train in the quiet because it's not like you have music playing while you're fighting. Yeah, true. All right. What about top five favorite fighters? Top five favorite fighters. Oh. Um. John Jones and Amanda Nunes are just definitely up top. They're goats no matter what. Yeah. Uh, I feel like no one is more skilled. Like, there's no more skilled male. There's no more skilled uh, female. 
next, uh, I think I, I got to throw in uh, Nate Diaz there, too, because I'm just a huge fan of him. Mm-hmm. Um, well, another one of my teammates, I guess, Joanna on Jacek. Um, I get to train with her a lot, and there's no one who really inspires me more by their push. I feel like she's just... Like, you train with her and you understand why she's a world champion. She's just a monster. She's just got a, a drive that never stops, and she has absolutely no quit in her. And then one more, I guess not now, but uh, Conor McGregor in his drive. I was, uh-huh. I feel like, I feel like Conor was a tech, like with the way he could talk and the way he could fight. There was no one smarter. And obviously, <laughs> these last few years, he's gotten his whiskey business, everything going. He's got all the money. He doesn't have to fight anymore. But there were, he had that drive, and he had the smart to be the one of the tops, one of the greatest. Yeah, now that you brought him up, do you think he's going to fight again, either in boxing or MMA? Uh, honestly, that's a really tough question. I, I don't feel like he has a reason to, you know? He yeah. has so much money. He has so many other ways to uh, make money now. He doesn't really have to fight, and especially... Being, to be able to fight at the highest level, like, he's not going to be able to keep up with these guys like Khabib or Dustin who are training every single day. This is their life. This is all they do. They don't have a whiskey company. They don't have a uh, something like that. You know, this is, like, all they do is train. They're looking for that belt. And he's not going to be able to compete with those guys unless he spends that time in the gym and really focuses on himself and really starts putting the work in. Definitely, definitely. And last one, what do you like to do when you're not training? Um, spend time at the dog park. <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, all I really do is I just hang out with my pit bull. He's my best friend. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I always see that on your uh, stories and stuff. Oh, yeah. I adopted him when he was about uh, six or seven years old from the Humane Society, and uh, I've had him for about five years now, and then he's just he's the best. Do you have any other pets? No, he's my only one. Gotcha. All right, well, I appreciate you coming on, and uh, good luck October 18th. And could you let the uh, fans know where they could follow you at? Uh, if you want to go ahead and follow my sponsors, FTWR Brand, uh, fresh, fresh Fit Meal Plans, and uh, um, Creating Better Days CBD, and follow me at Savage underscore UFC on Twitter and Instagram, and then watch me get my hair raised on October 18th. There you go. Perfect. Appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me.